Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. Say thank you, Lord. Well, take your seat and welcome into God's presence. And join me in welcoming our online audience as well as our television audience. And if you are ever in the Colorado Springs area, please come and see us. This is the place to be. God's presence is here. Lives are being changed. And your life will be changed as well. In just mighty name. Amen. Wow. I'm so thankful for God and his presence and what he's doing in our midst and what he's doing in the body of Christ across the nations of the world. And I pray in the name of Jesus that this morning, may you have an encounter with the living, with the living God. May you have an encounter with the living God. May you have an encounter with the living God in the name of Jesus. You see, one encounter with God can change your life. Amen. And when you come to church, um, when you're tuning in, um, be expectant in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, you see, one time, <laughs> thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, when I, as I was coming, I prayed to God. I said, oh, God, give the people what they need. Amen. That's always my prayer. Amen. You see, one time, I didn't think that this is, uh, this is on my notes, but you see, one time, uh, it's not on my notes, but let's, let's talk about it. One time, you see, Moses was going about his daily duties um, and just taking care of sheep. And all of a sudden, he saw a burning bush. And it seemed like an ordinary day. And when he saw the, the, the burning bush, the, it was burning, but the bush was not burning. So the Bible says, this account is in Exodus chapter 3, the Bible says that he drew near to see what was going on. And when he did, he encountered God. And his life was never the same again. He had decided that, I mean, he was a fugitive. He was on the wanted list in Egypt. and wasn't going to go back there. But one encounter with God, transformed his life. He went with a rod in his hand and a word from God. And in the mighty name of Jesus, by the time it was all said and done, the people of God were delivered from Egypt. You may be sitting here, you may have tuned in, maybe an individual Forgotten, ostracized, in your mind nobody thinks about you. In your mind there is no plan and there is no purpose for your life. You may be at a very low point in your life, but I can assure you by the word of the living God, like Moses, one encounter with God will totally transform your life. And in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I pray this morning, may you have an encounter with God. I pray in the name of Jesus. May you have an encounter with God in the name of Jesus. That's what God wants to do for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God. I sense God's presence so strong in this place. Amen. God's presence is here. All right. In this season, we have been studying about wisdom. And wisdom is 
a very important thing in our lives. We need wisdom in our everyday lives. We need wisdom in making everyday decisions. And you see, one wrong, wrong step sometimes can set you back for a very long time. So I pray in the name of Jesus that as we study about wisdom, you will walk in the wisdom of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The Bible says that in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10, he says that if the iron is blunt, let me read it. If the iron is blunt, then you require, more, if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. Let's go let me read it from the, the classic King James. He says that, thank you, Lord. If the iron is blunt and he does not wet the edge, then he must put, put to more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. That means that you can do more with wisdom. If the iron is blunt and you don't sharpen it, then you have to apply more strength. Jesus goes on to say that wisdom is profitable to direct. In Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, he says that wisdom is the principal thing. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So we need wisdom in every area of our lives. Very important. You're not going to make it very far in life without wisdom. So that's why we are taking the time to study about wisdom in this season. And who is getting wiser in this season as we study about wisdom? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You'll be more wiser in Jesus' name. 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 That you'll be more wiser in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. So let's go a step further. We talked about, I mean, what wisdom is, how wisdom comes, how to uh, walk in wisdom, and all these things. But you see, the thing is, how do we receive the wisdom of God? You see, there are certain things in when you when we talked about the fact that the word of God is the wisdom of God. The word of God is the wisdom of God. It's able to make us wise unto salvation. The word of God is the wisdom of God. So when you walk by the word of God, you are walking by the wisdom of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Second Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, notice what he says, verse 15, and that from a child you've known the holy scriptures which is each are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The scriptures, the word of God is able to make you wise. And in James chapter 3, we see the different kinds of wisdom. James chapter 3, I'm just going over some high spots from the previous sermons, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go a step further. James chapter 3 talks about the different kinds, the four kinds of wisdom. James 3.15 says, This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. 
It does not descend from above. So there's the wisdom from above, the wisdom from God. There's earthly wisdom, which we say is common sense. Then there's sensual, intellectual wisdom, wisdom that you get from going to school. And then there is demonic wisdom. But they are all different, different kinds. And you see, sometimes we talked about the fact that in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 8, the princes of this world did not know or they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You see, demonic wisdom is very dangerous. And sometimes, you see, sometimes even demonic wisdom can come from people that you trust. You see, demonic wisdom, you see, you see the Bible talks about the fact that in Exodus chapter 20, sometimes these people say, who is the devil? Who is he? Where did he come from? In Ezekiel chapter 28, he is described, at least in, in, in some detail, when, we don't have time to get into it, but it describes how he became what we call, what the Bible calls the devil. You see, he had, he, he, he was in heaven. He led worship, by the way it's described, he led worship in heaven. You see, music comes from God. And at some point, he became corrupted. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 16. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 16. Notice how he's described. Ezekiel 28, verse 16. He says, by the abundance, Ezekiel 28, of your trading, you have become filled with violence. Let's, let's, me read it, let's read it from the classic in James also. Because sometimes, you see, he says, by the multitude of that merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the, from the midst of the stones of fire. 17. He says, Thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Verse 15 says, Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day thou was created till iniquity was found in you. He was perfect till sin was found in him. He was lifted up in pride and he wanted to overthrow God from his throne. And God said, no, this is not going to happen. So God said, get out of here. <laughs> and in Revelation, it's described as having come down with great wrath. So woe to the people down here. Because sometimes people are like, where, do I, where all this trouble in the world? Where does it come from? Well, you know where it comes from. <laughs> so demonic wisdom, so that kind of wisdom came to, came to Eve in the garden. And every time he comes, he questions the word of God. Has God said that when you partake of this, uh, you, 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 this will happen. He says, in the day that you eat of it, you become wise as God. That's demonic wisdom. Knowing good and evil. And they yielded. It's a very dangerous thing. And look at all the mess that we have down here. <laughs> and you see, sometimes when demonic wisdom comes, like I said, sometimes it can even come from a trusted voice. Sometimes it comes, comes, comes from people around. One time, Ahitophel, you see, Ahitophel's granddaughter was Bathsheba. 
And Bathsheba, um, you know what happened between Bathsheba and, and David. So Ahithophel kept that in his heart. And the Bible says, I'm saying these things so you can avoid mnemonic wisdom because you can, you can sometimes walk in God's wisdom. Remember, the devil was perfect in all his ways. Listen to how Ahithophel was described in 2 Samuel chapter 16. 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23, he says, And the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired at the oracle of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. Heavy man, if you went to Ahithophel and asked a question or asked counsel, it's as if you had gone to God himself. That's how he's described. Very wise person. But because he became offended as to what had happened to Bathsheba and wouldn't let go, at some point, notice that just the very next chapter, in chapter 17, David, David was running away from Saul. And he took a fair counsel a certain way. Somebody say, I adore these people in the Bible. Yeah, they're all in the Bible. Ahithophel, another person also counseled. Who shy? And then his counsel or what he said was rejected. And in fact, the way he had done, he, the, the, the thing was done, it would have resulted in the life of David. I mean, David's life would have been terminated. That's, that's, that wisdom was not from God. But when his counsel was rejected, by the time that you get to 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 17, verse 23, he went and hung himself. That's how dangerous demonic wisdom is. So, so one time you can walk in the wisdom of God, another time it's very easy to yield to demonic wisdom. I mean, we talked about Peter in the presence of Jesus in Matthew chapter 16. In that very same chapter, he revealed, he was, it was revealed to him that Jesus shouldn't, should, I mean, was the, was the son of God, the one that was sent of God. In that very same, in a few verses down, downwards, he yields to demonic wisdom and he says to Jesus, look, you're not going to go to the cross, none of that, forget all that. And Jesus, Jesus said, no, no, no. You rebuked the, the devil behind the situation. You were standing in the presence of Jesus. You can't get any closer than that. But he, unconsciously, he had yielded to demonic wisdom. So something to be very cautious about. Sometimes it can come, you are going down the right path, and one advice from the wrong place that you follow, then everything begins to tumble down. I pray in the name of Jesus, you will not yield to demonic wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. You will not yield to demonic wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. You will not yield to demonic wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. There's a lot of that around. But you will yield to the wisdom of God. Now, let's go a step further. How do we receive wisdom from God? You see, there are certain things that, um, like you said, in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27, he says that the person 
really let's let's read the person who does the word of god is the person that is walking in wisdom every time you hear god's word you come to a crossroad on any subject and you have a decision to do the word of god or not do the word of god so matthew chapter 7 verse 24 he says that therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them i will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock don't let that leave you <laughs> the person doing the word of god is the person walking in wisdom the person doing the word of god is the person building on the solid rock the rock is the doing of the word of god the person not being a doer of the word of god is the person he says will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand the rain came the storm came the storm comes to all of us it came, comes both to the wise and the person who didn't act on the word of god but the difference is the person who acts on the word of god that's walking in wisdom so, there, you see, there are certain things, there are general principles revealed in the Word of God. Certain, uh, certain, certain things that are general principles that are revealed in the Word of God. Don't steal. It's, it's, it's in the Bible. It's very clear. Something that's not yours, don't take it. It's, it's very clear. <laughs> Don't let that, your anger get the better part of you. It's, it's clear. That will solve a lot of problems. We talked about if you're a single person and you desire to get married, don't be unequally yoked to an unbeliever. That's very clear. If both people were unbelievers or did not believe in Jesus before they got married and one person becomes a Christian, it's revealed in the word of God what needs to happen. Concerning our finances, giving of our tithes and offerings, these things are revealed. But you see, there are certain things also that are not clearly revealed in the word of God. Like who should I marry? Which job should I take? Should I be a missionary? Should I stay? What career path should I take? You see, that's, it's, it's, it's not explicitly stated, stated in John chapter 3, verse 18, that thou shalt not take this job. <laughs> <laughs> One time, it's, it's, sometimes it can be serious. One time, I was, I was applying for um, two positions, and I got two, two job offers. And both of them looked very, very good. And I said, no, I have to pray about this. So I went into the room. I was talking about how do we receive wisdom. I went into the room. I prayed. I laid down. I prayed for a little bit. Prayed in other tongues. We'll get to that here shortly. And I told her, you wait, I'm going for a walk, I'll come back. I took a walk, all the whole time I was praying. By the time I came back, I knew what to do. And I accepted one of the offers. It, three months later, the other job offer that I didn't take, they laid off a lot of people in that engineering department. And if I had been there, I would have been impacted. It's not written in Acts chapter 12, verse 32, that I shall not take this one. <laughs> but I need that's the, that's the area that I needed wisdom. So how do we receive wisdom? One, 
concerning things that are not very explicitly stated in the Bible. And you see, when God reveals anything to you, it will be in line with his word. It won't be outside the confines of the general principles revealed in the word of God. One, believe, re realize that, wi that the wisdom of God is available. Realize that the wisdom of God is available. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 notice this thank you lord jesus first corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 if you are in christ jesus the bible says of him you are in christ jesus who became for us wisdom from god first thing wisdom from god and righteousness and sanctification and redemption you are in Christ, and Jesus Christ has been made to you, unto us, wisdom. So the wisdom of God is available. Jesus, if you are in Christ, it's available to you. And righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. The redemption here is what? Righteousness is available for everybody in the world. Righteousness means right standing with God. But you see, why doesn't everybody have right standing with God? Or why doesn't everybody have redemption? At least the new birth is part of the redemption process. It's either they haven't had it, or if they've had it, they've turned it down. So you see, the wisdom of God, we talked about the fact that it's a hidden wisdom, it's available for you. Believe that. Believe that. Sometimes as you read the scriptures, a scripture will jump out at you, and you know exactly what to do. Sometimes as you pray, the word God, will, God will speak to your heart. But believe, believe that there is wisdom available. Jesus Christ has been made unto us wisdom. It's available. It's available. That's, that's the first thing. Then two, develop your spirit mind. That's very important. That, 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 that we can go for a very long time. There are steps to develop your spirit mind. Now, I have to explain that. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 talks about the fact that, notice how the apostle Paul prayed. He says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice he starts with the spirit first. Now, your spirit is the real you. You are a spirit being. First. You see, when you die, your, body, your spirit leaves your body. Your body stays down here. Do you remember um, Lazarus? Do, do you remember him? The Bible says that when he died, angels carried him away. So the real him is not his body. Angels carried him away. So think of yourself like that. The real you is the person living on the inside. It expresses your, it, you express yourself through the body that you live here. In 1 Corinthians, in Corinthians, it talks about the fact that this is, a, I mean, this is the house that we live in. Peter describing, he says, this is a tent. We'll put it off at some point. But you see, when you become a child of God, your, your spirit becomes born again. But your body is still the same. 
that, that one hasn't changed. And your mind is also still the same. So you, and your mind has to be renewed to think in line with the word of God and with your recreated spirit. Is this too deep or should we just go to... <laughs> Notice what the Bible says. If we don't finish, we'll continue next week. We are doing it with the mother's month. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, notice what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. Notice what the Bible says. Now, he still talks about from, three to one, from verse 1 to 3, wives, be subject, submitted to your own husbands. Again, that's the wisdom of God. All these things. Then he talks about women, do not let your adornment be outward only, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on or fine apparel. Four, rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of God. The hidden man of the heart. That's Peter's definition of the inner man. Paul calls him the inner man. Now, he says that let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of God. So when you get born again, he says, you see, when you get born again, nobody gets born again as a full-grown person. When you get born again, your spirit is born again, but it's a baby. It's a babe. So he uses this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, that as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word of God that you may grow. It's not talking, if, 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 you, if, you if you are 65 years and you get born again, and he says as newborn babies, he's not talking about the outer person. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the inward man, the, what Peter calls the hidden man. It must feed on the word of God to grow. That spirit man has to be developed. To walk in wisdom, the spirit man has to be developed. If, you, if that doesn't happen, some people so can remain in the babyhood state of Christianity for a very long time. Newborn babies, and from the natural standpoint, need milk to grow. Spiritually, it is the same thing. So to walk in wisdom, you need to develop your spirit man. And one of the best ways to develop that is through the word of God. Feed yourself on the word of God. Jesus says, speaking in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. That's how your spirit man grows. Very important. So develop your spirit mind. So what needs to happen is what is described in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Notice what the Bible says. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Colossians chapter 3 Verse 10, he says that, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. 
put him on, this new person. You see, what will happen, what will happen is, and that's why sometimes people get, get, get a little bit, bit confused. They say, okay, this person is a Christian, but why are they doing this? Why are they living this way? The reason is, the inward man, or the new man, as he describes it, has to take over and be the dominant person. The new man has the fruit of the spirit in there. It has the, 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 it says after the image of him who created him, it has all the God qualities in there. Adam and Eve, before they fell, that's the, the, the inward man was the one, the spirit man was the one in charge. They didn't even know they were naked till after the fall. So when you become born again, it has to be flipped around. The new man, put him on. You are the one to put him on. God will help you do it, but you are the one to do it. Very important. It was so important, he repeats it again in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. Notice again, he sees that, that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Put him on. Put him on. Let him be the dominant one. Let him be the one in charge. It will help you in your decision-making process. You make decisions in line with the word of God. And then three, depend on the greater one in you. So if you are a child of God, God lives in you. And that's, it's, a, it's a sobering thought, but it's the truth. That was the whole reason for the plan of redemption. One of the reasons God wanted to fellowship with us to come and dwell with us in the Old Testament, He couldn't do that because the people were not recreated or born again. So He used the blood of bulls and goats to cover them so He can come amongst them. But in the New Testament, He says, We are the temple of the living God, God indwells us. Sometimes I like to look at myself in the mirror and say, God dwells in me. Gives you, puts a spring in your step as you step out into the day. But notice in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, notice what the Bible says. Thank you, Lord. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, he says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. <laughs> Jesus. Depend on the one who lives on the, all the wisdom is in there. You just have to know how to draw it out. And that's what we are stating. Greater is he who is in you than is he that is in the world. What is in the world? In the prayer verse, he tells you the evil spirit, the devil that is in there. What else is in the world? Test, trial, temptations, all these things. But depend. Oh, God indwells right there. He's right there. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Believe that. That's why so many religions strive after to be a God person. They drink blood, they do different things. And if you are not a child of God, that's what you desire. You desire a relationship with God. The Bible says that He said eternity in our hearts. You can seek and search and search, but you 
arrive the moment that you make a decision to yield your life to the Lord. Depend on him. He's in there. Talk to him. Fellowship with him. Put on the new mind. Especially when you leave service today and somebody cuts you off in traffic. You really need that new man to be in charge. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. How do we draw that wisdom out? Receive the wisdom. Four, meditate in the word of God. Meditate in the word of God. The art of meditation, it's, I mean, it didn't come from the Eastern religion. It came from God. It's been, it's, it's been perverted. But you see... Uh, in our world, with these devices that we have, it can, and, and we can be very easy to, to get your mind quiet and on God. But set aside, if you're willing to do anything with God, at least 15 minutes or 10 minutes. Sometime in a day where you get quiet, you read the Bible, and then you focus on God, and you meditate. That, really, that word meditate means to matter in the original sense. To matter. Repeat to yourself the word of God. Think on the word of God. For instance... Joshua took over from, from Moses. And when he took over, his knees were wobbling. He's, he's scared. He's afraid. I mean, he stepped into some big shoes. This Moses in Numbers chapter 12 is described as somebody that talks to God face to face. That's not a, I mean, to, to, to take over from somebody like that. So, but God comes to him and gives him the secret for being able to make it. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Thank you Lord Jesus. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. He says to him, I like it from the, from the classic Amplified Bible. Um, I like how he reads. He says that Joshua chapter 1. Thank you Lord Jesus. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This is, this is God's recipe to, for Joshua. Joshua to be able to conquer about 31 or 32 kings that he later on did. He says to him, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, speak in line with the word of God. But you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Hallelujah. Speak the word of God. Keep the word of God in your mouth. Then meditate in it day and night. Day and night. For him, he had those kings to deal with. If he, if he faces the wall of Jericho, he has to do the same thing. And in any impossible situation. You will know how to deal wisely. The person that knows how to deal wisely will end up a success. Who here wants to end up a success? Uh, anybody wants to end up a failure? No, no, no. You will not be a failure in Jesus' name. God doesn't make failures. You will know how to deal wisely in every area of your life. And if you know how to deal wisely, he says you will have good success. That's what we are looking for. Meditate in the word of God. As you meditate in the word of God, you begin to see what to do. In Psalm 1, 1 verse 1 to 3, he says the same thing in similar words. Take time 
to meditate on the word of God. It's good sometimes to take just one scripture. Think about it. Or, or go, as you go through the so you pause and then you begin to think through, repeat it to yourself. How does this apply to this situation, to me? And you'll be amazed that you begin to walk in wisdom. You will walk in wisdom in Jesus' name. You will know how to deal wisely in the affairs of life. And then, finally, pray much in other tongues. You don't be afraid of that. That's what I did. I just lay down when I hadn't had to make that decision. And I prayed in tongues till I knew what to do. You see, on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, thank you, Lord Jesus. He says that when the day, verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat, sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's explain the other tongues. What does that mean? That means that you, see, you can pray to God with your natural, the natural language that you learned. But you see, like, for instance, one of the best illustrations to use is, like, for instance, when a baby starts talking, um, you don't understand what they are saying. <laughs> and then as time goes on, they develop. You see, remember we talked about, you see, all these things come, 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 come around together. They all fit together. Remember we talked, we talked the Bible said that the wisdom was, is hidden. And we said that it's not hidden away from us. It's hidden for us. But we have to go seek it. So, when you speak in other tongues, you are communicating with God on another level, in a heavenly language. Not your original language. See, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, notice, notice verse 2. He says that he who, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Direct. I call it a direct line. You can talk to God in your natural language. That's, that's you can pray, but it, it can only, I mean, sometimes you run out of words pretty quickly, actually. Sometimes. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks to God. Direct line. And then God communicates back with you. <laughs> My God. And notice he says that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. And that's where the wisdom is. Mysteries. Mysteries. 
Sometimes you want to, I want to express, I, can't, I don't know how to express. I said, God, I don't know how to express. I'll just, I, I yield myself to the Holy Spirit. Let me pray in line with your will. And that's scriptural. In Romans chapter 8, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, that's why we must all desire to be filled with the Spirit. It belongs to you. It's part of your heritage. Romans chapter 6, and at the end of the service, we'll help you along those lines as well. Romans chapter, Romans chapter 8. Notice, thank you, Lord Jesus. Right, let me read it from the classic Amplified. Romans chapter 8, talking along these lines. Verse 26, he says that so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid. For we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Holy Spirit, the Spirit Himself, goes to meet our supplications and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. Or the Greek literally says, too deep. For articulate speech or regular speech. You know you need to pray about this thing. But notice how he says here the Holy Spirit is not going to do your praying for you, he's going to help you. We do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. So as you are seeking wisdom concerning any area, should I invest here? Should I do business with investors? All, all those questions sometimes that you, we have. I mean, we, I can help, we can help, but sometimes you, you just need an answer from God. So you pray and you say, Lord, I come to you. You praise him, you thank him, all that, and, say, and you pray, Lord, this is the situation that I, that, that, that I have to deal with. I don't know how to pray or offer it wordly the way it should be. So I prayed with my natural language, my articulate speech. Now as I yield myself to you, let the Holy Spirit help me pray the perfect will of God. And then you yield, yield yourself and begin to speak. He says that in verse 27, he who searches the heart of man, note what is the mind of the Holy Spirit, what is intended, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saint to and in harmony with God's will. When you pray like that, you are praying in harmony with God's will concerning the situation. Hallelujah. And pretty soon, Sometimes it may come right there. It may come a little bit late. You will know exactly what to do. He meets. He meets and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, how it's been a value to my life. I don't know why I'm here without that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Jude one twenty says that. Thank you, Lord. He uses the same same kind of idea that is suggested in First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse three says. First Corinthians fourteen says, "But he was," he says. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Verse four says, "He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself." 
And Jude is only one chapter. He says, Jude 1, Jude 1, 20, he says that, but you, beloved, building up yourself. Everything is like an edifice. Rise up like an edifice. Building up yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. And in Acts, he says that this promise is available to you and your children. And to all that are afar off. It's available to each and every one of us. Act 239. This is what happened on the day of Pentecost. You see, the, 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 the church kept growing and increasing and taking over. I mean, I mean, doing, I mean, they were becoming a mighty force that they couldn't contend with. So starting with Nero, they decided to do away with Christianity. And, it, and they tried after, I mean, for 200, 200 and 250 years after the death of Christ to do away with Christ. After 250 years, they put up an edifice to denote the fact that they were done. I mean, Christianity was done in Rome. But by AD 315, Constantine had declared Christianity to be the official religion <laughs> in Rome. As the power of the Holy Spirit. I said to him, you see, talk to the, I mean, talk to him. I said to him, you, the Holy Spirit, you are very smart. <laughs> when he takes over your life, what seems to be dead, when he takes over your life, he will use it for his glory. All you have to do is offer it to him. But the wisdom of God is available in any area. You see, every manufacturer, when they make their product, they add a manual to it. Uh, we were made by God. And he gave us his manual, the Bible. And he says that you will li live, live, live by this manual. But you see, wisdom responds to a thirst. It responds. The Holy Spirit responds to people who are thirsty and hungry for God. And right now, he's moving all over the earth. He's moving in our nation. Across the nations of the world. And I pray in the name of Jesus, you'll be a part of this ongoing revival. You'll be a part of what God is doing in the earth. You will walk in the wisdom of God and help others to do the same. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 44, thank you Lord Jesus. Isaiah 44, verse 3, he says that, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and flat on the dry ground. I'll pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Wisdom, the Holy Spirit, all these things respond to a test. A craving, Lord, I cannot do without you. Lord, I need your wisdom. I'll pour it on him that is tested. God is about to pour his spirit on us. Is willing to pour his spirit on anyone that is thirsty. Are you hungry for more of God? 
Do you desire more of God? Do you desire more of him? The apostle Paul prayed and he said that I may know him. Do you want to go over the top? Are you unsatisfied with yourself? God lives in you for a child of God. You see, it's useless to teach a paralyzed man an instruction in boxing and running. <laughs> the, the man is paralyzed. You're teaching him how to box and how to run. What, what needs to happen is to, for his paralysis to be cured. He's going to get all these other concepts. We talked about earthly wisdom, natural wisdom, all these other ones. But to really, this issue is solved from the inside. And you, like, for instance, you realize the power of the word of God, the power of the God living in you, and begin to copy all these other ones. The, the peripheral ones won't take care of it. Don't. But in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I see you walking in the wisdom of God. The wisdom of the world is failing all around us. We see it all around, all around us. Oh, but there is something. The Bible says that the word of God is being tried seven times. You are the one that's on trial. The word of God is, is, is good. It's okay. <laughs> but in the name of Jesus, you will walk in the wisdom of God. You will not walk in demonic wisdom. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank God for his word. 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 I will pour water on him that is testy. Are you testy? Are you testy? Are you testy? I'm looking at hungry and testy people. People that are saying we want to do this. Love God. Oh, loving God is wisdom. Loving others is wisdom. Living for God is wisdom. I'm, I'm a blessed person. I just love God and I serve people. <laughs> it's a blessed life. <laughs> Jesus. He poured on him that is thirsty. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody needs the power to be able to do the word of God. I say that in my heart. Is it Solomon talked a lot about strange women, all these things, and he ended up. <laughs> Going after the strange woman. He didn't end well. You end well. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk. So sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.